Hi everyone, welcome back to the Eat Realty Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and on today's show, I am so excited to have Barbara Cummings, otherwise known as Barbara McCray. Barb is a superwoman, and I love this next guest dearly. She is literally as bright as the sun. Her energy is contagious. And for anyone that's had the pleasure of meeting this woman, you'll know that she's beyond creative. She has a brain that thinks like a whip. She's caring beyond belief and she's smart as hell. But what many people may not know about her is that she is the true definition of a wellness warrior, which is why we invited her on to our Eat Real to Heal podcast. She doesn't take no for an answer. And if there's a health health problem, Barb can solve it because she's a warrior. She doesn't give up. And that's what she did for herself when she found that she had trouble getting pregnant and she was having several miscarriages and she found out she had a massive fibroid in her uterus and then also looked at her entire health history and realized that she had had a lifetime of digestive issues and other chronic health issues and low energy and all the same things that so many people take for granted as just being normal when in fact that is not normal. So Barb, she went above and beyond. She started doing research and reading and watching documentaries until she came across Catherine Alexander and who, and Catherine teaches the Gerson therapy and Barb ended up doing a version of the Gerson therapy, which she's going to share in our podcast today. But what I also love about Barb is that she shares, she doesn't keep the knowledge to herself, but she's always thinking about the people that she can help and that she can impart this knowledge on to give them a fighting chance at being able to reclaim their health and ultimately reclaim her life. So I'm so excited to have Barb on the show because her story is a true Eat Real to Heal story. Now, Barb is a longtime friend as well. But she started off as my manager when I first met her, and then she became a colleague until I took over for her role in managing a whitewater rafting company in Squamish. So when I went off to get trained as a whitewater raft guide, Barb left to start her own graphic design company. And so we parted ways. But we came back together when I contacted her to create our logos for the Green Mustache Restaurants and for our other company, Richer Health, and for our charity, Sea to Sky Thriver Society. So Barb is also one of our board members now on the society. So I get to work with her all the time, which I literally cannot wait for every time we get to connect. But what's interesting is that while Barb was learning about our companies to design the logos, she realized that she had actually used the same nutritional therapy that I teach my clients to heal herself and to finally get pregnant with her beautiful son who is now five years old and thriving. So she's going to share this story on our show. Uh, Just a little bit more information about Barb. She's an entrepreneur. She's a creative director and founder of Roar Creative. She specializes in strategic marketing and graphic design and web development. Um, She purchased this amazing piece of property um, that is a commercial property and she ran that for almost two decades. Um, She took such a chance on that property and developed it into this amazing space which she just recently um, sold and now she's building a new home. Um, She's the inspiration behind so much of everything that I do and have done and I'm so excited to have her on the show. So you'll get to listen to her show in a few moments here and please if you love this show if you love this episode please share it with your friends. 
Also, if you've had a hard time getting pregnant, please contact us at nicoletteriche.com, which is our new website, which is finally out live, or on our old website at fritcherhealth.ca. You can email us, you can call us, come visit me in one of our cafes at the Green Mustache. We have six locations in Western Canada, if you happen to be in this area. We serve the most delicious, 100% organic, nutrient-dense, vegan, gluten-free, whole food, unrefined food. Um, that comes in meals and smoothies and juices in desserts. Everything is divine. So come check us out. We'd love to know what you think about our restaurants. So enjoy the show. Let us know what you think and share it with others. And if you feel that it can help them, please share this with anyone who is um, suffering from infertility issues. Infertility is on the rise. We have more and more people at younger and younger ages that cannot get pregnant. And the doctors are calling it idiopathic pregnancies where they just have no idea why the people can't get pregnant. There's no explanation. But the work we do with our clients is to help heal their bodies, help teach them that food is medicine. Once their bodies are truly nutrified, what we see is their reproductive systems kick back into gear and voila, people are able to get pregnant and have healthy, beautiful babies. We've done it not once before, not twice before, but many, many times before. And this can be your reality as well. So please share this podcast with anybody who needs to hear this message that food is medicine and who also wants to connect with Barb. So enjoy the show and we'll be back with you shortly. Hi, Barb. Such a pleasure to have you here at the Whistler FM studios where we're doing the Eat Real to Heal podcast. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. It has been uh, a long time coming that we wanted to do this podcast. Uh, Barb and I have actually known each other for a really long time. Mm. Like, like I think to like two thousand, early two thousands, we met in Squamish. I think so. Yeah, when you were managing Elaho Rafting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then you taught me everything I needed to know, and you left to go do graphic <laughs> design. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then I took over managing the office. Yeah. That was fun times. That was, we were young then. That was like maybe 20, no, not 20 years ago, but oh, that was a while ago. Well, that's 19 years ago. Yeah. yeah that's so <laughs> crazy. A lot of people don't know that I used to be a whitewater rafting guide as well, which I look back on that time and I was like, what was I thinking? Because that is crazy hard work taking people down raging mm-hmm. rivers and being five foot one and, and uh, yeah, not extremely muscular. I mean, that was, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what I was thinking back then, but it was a sure fun time. No kidding. Well, you and Pierre were doing it together, so it looked fun. Yeah. It just looked like you were having a blast. Oh, yeah. That was when I first met Pierre. And you uh, went off to do graphic design, and you started a graphic design company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roar Creative. Yeah. You did the logos for the Green Mustache and Richer Health and See the Sky Thrivers and Eat Really Heal. That's right. Yeah, those are very cool creative product projects. I loved working with you. Yeah, no, those were those were fun. I also love working with you. The other reason, of course, for the audience listening out there, the reason I wanted to have Barb on the show is because being the Eat Real to Heal podcast, it's all about using food as medicine. It's all about discovering your healing journey when nobody else has an answer for you for your health problems, but you decide to take your health into your own hands. And that is why I wanted to bring Barb on the show to talk about 
her discovery of her health over her entire life, um, what it was like to um, try and make a baby mm-hmm. after several miscarriages, mm-hmm. uh, what it was like to find out she had a massive fibroid in her uterus. Um, also, I mean, so many other things that we're going to dive yeah. into in the show. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's been quite the journey. I have to say, I know everyone just kind of comes to that conclusion that it's a journey. Taking care of yourself is like a lifelong, you know, mission really. Mm-hmm. And um, both your body and your mind. And uh, this, that, this is, I've definitely had the journey. I had it early, I think earlier than maybe most, but I feel like it's, I'm meeting more and more and more people that are that are starting that journey. And it's so great that you are here to support all of them and and the thrivers that are here for the community to help support them through that. Um, what Barb's talking about, thank you, by the way, what Barb's talking about with Thrivers, that's our charity, which is the Sea to Sky Thrivers Society. And we started that charity because um, we needed, we knew we needed to be able to work with communities um, that didn't have access to this information that food is medicine and that they can heal themselves. So those three communities are physicians because physicians are not trained in med school about nutrition and the fact that you can heal the body simply by nutrifying it and making sure that it has everything it needs, which will then allow the body to detoxify. The other group is youth because often their parents are buying the food for them and they Mm -hmm. often don't have a choice. Kids are often addicted to like some of the craziest crappy food that's on the planet and all the sugars and refined salty food and refined oily food. And and the parents buy it for them often saying things like, well, they won't eat anything else. So they resign to buying, Mm -hmm. you know, fake cheap processed package refined food and they also just don't know better Mm -hmm. um you know they also don't know about the power of nutrition to keep your body thriving and then of course the third uh, group of people that we work with are indigenous communities because of the fact that they experience a life of trauma um, as a result of residential mm-hmm. schools and all the other violence and crime um, that you know they were put through and they're still le- um, living with the ramifications of that and they also live in, live in food deserts so yeah you know, access is not there yeah so that's why we started that organization and Barb is actually one of our board members Yes, I'm a very proud board member. Yeah, in addition to designing our logo as well. Um, and what is funny about the story between Barb and I is, you know, she handed off Ilaho River Adventures to me. I took it over um, as far as managing their offices for the owners and guiding. And then a few years went by and we didn't actually see each other. And it felt like a really long time. Like we both just went into completely different worlds. Yeah. I mean, you were in the graphic design world designing, mm-hmm. you know, for all of these amazing companies. And then I was you in were government. You were in Whistler and government and having three children. Yes. And doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Barb and I reconnected actually just before she um, got pregnant with her son. And when I came to Barb, I said, hey, I... I'm getting out of government. I'm starting a new business. It's called Richer Health Consulting. Can you design a logo for me? And I threw all these molecular looking logos at you. Yes, the <laughs> molecules. I love that. Yeah. And um, Barbara's like, you know, what do you do? And I was like, I teach people how to use food as medicine. And meanwhile, you were going through a similar yeah, journey so on your own. 
And I had, I had basically been going through like five years prior to me, to reconnecting with you. I had spent literally five years healing myself on my own, kind of just figuring it out. And when you and I reconnected for the logo experience and you described the what you were working on and how you were helping people and also you just like in detail described the Gerson therapy it was like I was I was almost in shock because outside of myself and my husband like no one else really I didn't share too much about the things that I had to do to keep myself well it just wasn't I I kind of had this philosophy that I wasn't you know gonna share that part of my life I was I didn't want people to really know that I was suffering because I like being the happy barb (laughs) (laughs) but isn't that the way that it is though for so many people right like there's all these people in the sea to sky corridor that are silently suffering like we Mm -hmm. just before doing this podcast we were chatting about you know I just had a client earlier you know that has been silently suffering for 10 years and now he just got a cancer diagnosis but you know before he just accepted his symptoms as normal um, even though they're not normal symptoms you know and the doctors couldn't find anything wrong so he was just like "Eh, whatever and then of course you know a -hmm. cancer diagnosis shows up and you know and he wanted to live life in Whistler like he's an outdoor person he loves you know being with his buddies and you know skiing hard and all of that so Mm -hmm. nobody really wants to stop life for a few symptoms that are like niggling away at you Mm -hmm. and I think I think too you don't want um I don't know, for me, I felt like the more I I would talk about it, the more real it was. And I didn't want it to be real anymore. I just, I, I guess I, I just kind of, which maybe wasn't healthiest. Like I feel, I feel like my healing accelerated even more after I met, I reconnected with you and we started talking about it. And then I started talking about it with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I met so many other people that were suffering and I love listening to them talk about it. But during those five years when I was healing myself, it was a very personal experience and I kept it to myself. And I wonder if maybe I would have healed faster. I know I would have healed faster if I had met you right at the beginning. (laughs) I probably, it would have been an accelerated healing process um, because basically those five years um, were about finding the answers, which which really um, are finding the ways to um, help myself, which ended up being very, very similar to the Gerson method. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that also I think is probably part of the reason why you did heal is because of the fact that you decided to take your health into your own hands and which is really Mm -hmm. what the show is about. It's people who say, okay, enough is enough. I need to go within and find the answers because ultimately we know what we need to do. We may not, you know, have the conviction to do it, but it's when we start researching and playing around and, you know, getting clues and realizing, okay, there's similarities between what this person over here is saying and what this person over here is saying. And I mean, you study biology, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I did a ton, like, when when I so so basically about 10 years ago my whole life similar to the gentleman that you're referring to I spent most of my life in the 80s eating pizza pops and M&M meats and microwaves were the thing and nobody knew 
than what I mean. The only person that actually did know was my grandmother, my babcha, who was disgusted by all this new type of food and would never touch it. But, you know, the rest of the world, like all the baby boomers and their kids, they, it was just convenient and it made life easier. Yeah. And so that's what I grew up on. But I spent most of my life like him just having constant, like, weird skin reactions and stomach problems and stomach aches after eating. And um, I don't know, I guess it just it became normal. Like, like he was saying, it just kind of became normal as I aged and got older. I just kind of got used to it and just kept going with the flow until about um, 10 years ago when, um, or I guess even prior to that, I started growing these fibroids. Mm-hmm. Um, about in your, 15 your years ago, I started getting really, really heavy, heavy um, menstrual periods and, and just could not understand what was going on. At some points, I couldn't even leave the house. So they finally discovered that I had these huge um, fibroids, and which were most likely formed because of my bad eating habits, years of bad eating habits that have ultimately affected my hormones in a really negative way and created this like excess of estrogen which then formed the fibroids. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was too late. They were so big. So I had, I, um, I finally met these lovely doctors in the city and um, Dr. Scholl and Dr. Hoyer, and they um, did an operation to remove the three huge fibroids. And I was really lucky that they were so good at what they did because they saved my uterus. It was in bad shape by that point, but they... By the end, they said, you know, you, you might be able to get pregnant after this. Um, and and that was a really interesting, uh, ter- like, my mind goes back to after that operation because I remember specifically saying to both of them, you know, how can I, like, now that I, they said start trying right away, like, sooner the better. And I said, well, how do I prevent the fibroids from coming back? Is there anything I can do, like prevention-wise? Because I'm going to do it. Like, I, if someone actually does give me guidance, I will do it. <laughs> like, if I, if I have a goal and someone tells me how to get there, I will do every step and take every step that they've given me. So You're my favorite type of client. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. Um, so, but, you know, they, they literally said, you know, there is nothing that you can do from preventing them to coming from coming back. You should just try... Tr- just try to get pregnant like as soon as possible um, because ultimately they could come back. And and so, you know, that was my takeaway from from that experience was, like, okay, I got to get started. And so my husband and I decided that uh, we would start trying. And um, we went on this romantic vacation to Bali for a month where – um, like your last hurrah before having kids? Yeah, basically. And it was romantic. And it's like, where else? You know, where's a better place than to get pregnant in Bali? Um, so, uh, and it was an amazing trip. But on that trip, I started getting really sick. Like I, I, I was getting cold sores on the trip and ear infections and cankers. And my stomach issues just skyrocketed. And um and uh, and we got back from Bali, and I was I, I kind of was convinced that I must have picked up a parasite or something, but all the blood work had came back negative, and and then things just snowballed out of control. So we went from this happy, blissful moment of, you know, the operation's done, I can start um, 
you know, trying to have children and we were both on board and, you know, both of us were excited about the future. And it was, it was like I just hit a wall and started going, like the train just started rolling backwards. And, and I, my body, I, I lost 20 pounds. I couldn't eat. My stomach was just in so much pain all the time. I could barely get off the couch. And, um, and you were going to doctors. I was going to doctor after doctor after doctor, and 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 t- and getting the scopes done and the CAT scans and everything. And like you had an endoscope mm-hmm. and a col- colonoscopy mm-hmm. and the CAT scan. I came up here to Whistler and and had a CAT scan because they were thinking maybe it was in my pancreas, like maybe cancer of the pancreas, something. And it, after a year, it basically came down to they had no answers. They had nothing that they could really pinpoint that was the matter with me so that was a major deflating I remember that being like p- probably the hardest moment was just not having answers and, and not knowing what to do next and did they say that had anything to do with the fibroids previous fibroid surgery no, no not no connection at all but I, I mean I did find that in the traditional medicine like system in our system they don't connect like that like no. they would have never thought that the fibroids had anything to do with it yeah, and or what was causing the fibroids mm-hmm. if that had anything to do with it either mm-hmm. i know that's why i love teaching the um, whole health history that we teach to our clients where you collect your entire health history mm-hmm. in every decade of your life and it's all done on one page so you see your whole entire life as decades and then you see the patterns that emerge between all of the symptoms surgeries illnesses um, traumas accidents you know anything at all um, and then you get to see these patterns that you know emerge and I know that uh, we did a full health history as well at one point yeah. I know and it seems so clear like when you see it on paper and yeah. you're like oh my gosh this is all connected and it's been going on for so long for so long yeah yeah so, so at that time like you must have been scared I was really scared because I was like how a how am I gonna get better I was scared for myself and then and then I was also scared that I wouldn't be able to have a child like in the state I was in like I just knew like something was terribly wrong and I, I had to fix it and then my science girl kind of kicked in and you Ooh, and I, I have that in girl. Com- <laughs> have that in common our science background I'm like I am gonna find the answers like I'm n- I need to know why like you the why is worth there cape. <laughs> yes yeah. and thank God for the internet and thank God for just all the uh, the natural medicine like the natural um medicine doctors that i met along the way so at this point you were only working with only working medical doctors yes okay um and so i i'm not sure i can't remember exactly who i found first but along the way i found um dr sunny lee who is an acupuncturist in the city yeah, no, Dr. Sunny Lee, I, I don't even I think, think he's practicing people. anymore. No, you know what? I actually heard he retired and someone just told me that he couldn't handle being retired and he's come back. Oh, yay. He's so sweet. It made me want to just go see him just to say hi. Oh, yeah. It makes me, okay, I'm going to book an appointment with him because I have referred hundreds of clients to him and yeah. and I love the similarity between what I teach and what you did to heal yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's same principles as the Gerson therapy, but I would send my clients to Sunny Lee and and he would send them back and he's like 
it's their liver. Like you, you yeah. would always say, you know, you got to nutrify, you got to stop having that cold stuff and stop dampening yes. your digestive fires. And, you know, which is really the Gerson therapy is based on these beautiful scientific principles that mm-hmm. really are based on nature. And that science of nature transcends all medicine. Like it mm-hmm. transcends even our Western medicine where every pharmaceutical drug is based on a natural chemical found in nature mm-hmm. right so whether it's traditional chinese medicine ayurveda you know uh, uh, you know and the gerson therapy it's all the same it mm-hmm. comes back to supporting the body well and that's so funny you just said, the, said that because that was exactly what he said to me he took one look at me and he was like your liver he's like stop drinking beer and i'm an ontario girl that was like somebody slapping at me in the face because <laughs> i was like really stop uh, drinking no beer beer uh so it was like no beer take care of your liver so he got me on the milk thistle which i take religiously right every single day and i i i i, I even with just that alone at the beginning that I could feel the difference immediately. And, um, and he was like, you need to start cooking your food, Mm -hmm. like warm foods and cook your food. And I had never again, because I'd grown up on all these processed microwave, crazy foods. I was kind of healthy. I made salads, but it was always fast. I never spent time, any time in the kitchen. And so that was a major game change. That that was like um, more of the psychological side of things. Like I had to rewire my brain to start like preparing food and thinking it through. And again, going into the organics, like Catherine Alexander, who you and I um, surprisingly again like have in common she was another uh resource that i found she's all the way in australia so somehow in all my research i found this woman australia Australia, i found this woman and her and her diet and and started just looking through all of her recipes and and how she cooked food and and prepared food and so that was that was a big change and then and then i also um uh, met with Dr. Natasha Renshaw in Squamish and finally did a blood test. And, and she's a naturopathic she's doctor. She's a naturopathic doctor. She's amazing. Doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I send my kids to her if they ever mm-hmm. need to go see someone. Yeah, so we did a blood test and basically she was said she'd never seen anyone's chart like mine. Like at that point, I was allergic to food. and like it, Half of the foods in the food chain, I, 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 I was off, like off the chart very high reaction to so I knew then like I I was having like from what I'd read I was having like major autoimmune breakdown yeah basically was what was happening leaky gut which is attached Mm -hmm. to that and and severe leaky gut exactly yeah and one of the things like I like the term leaky gut because Mm -hmm. actually it describes exactly what it is. But Mm -hmm. um, if anybody ever listens to Dr. Zach Bush's podcast, I mean, he explains me too. You got me on Tim. I (laughs) love Dr. Bush. Yeah, he is. Everybody needs Mine too, mine too. And Dr. Bush really explains leaky gut syndrome Mm -hmm. so well, its relationship to glyphosate. So from Mm -hmm. non-organic foods and genetically modified foods, um, the chemical glyphosate. So essentially it... It creates a permeable 
membrane lining in your body, which just allows protein matter Mm -hmm. and any other chemicals and any other things that actually should be broken down into their um, finite resources. And it allows it to leak through into your Mm -hmm. bloodstream, which then creates antibodies and um, creates this allergic reaction. So, I mean, you can end up becoming allergic to apples and carrots and cabbages and squashes. And I mean, the healthiest of food you become allergic to when you have leaky gut like this. And it sounds like you had a whole history of poor digestion since you were a little girl, right? Yeah, like my my test results were like all tropical fruit, avocados, nuts. And like these were things um, that, you know, we would all consider as pretty healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So... So that was probably the biggest game changer because I knew without a shadow of a doubt what I could eat mm-hmm. to get better and what I couldn't eat. And um, and so it was kind of like, uh, I would say the most impact was the, the cl- liver cleansing and juicing. I got onto juicing okay. um, and, uh, and cooking, preparing my food and the organics and then staying away from the things that were that I was having reactions to, mm-hmm. so those allergy tests. And the combination... And alcohol. And, well, I, yes. <laughs> did that, you stay away from it or I were did. you like, I'm not listening to After that? So, oh, Sonny Lee. He's so, if he wasn't so sweet and so awesome, I don't know if I would... I, I stopped drinking completely for almost a year, which was so hard. Right. It's such a, such a psychological crazy. I wish I had documented that experience because the whole psychology of it and the thoughts that were going through my mind through those five years of trying to, you know, give up alcohol and give up all these amazing foods that I loved and change my entire life. Like the conversations I had with myself in my head, oh, <laughs> like I, I wish I had documented them because it really, that is at the end of the day, now looking back, that's really the sum of it is you have to completely change the way you think about everything. everything. And food and alcohol are very much a part of our social dynamic with like our connection with ourselves, our connection with our families, our our friends. Like it is like the essence of our our social lives. Well, that's the whole thing. We've developed our social communities around around shitty food Mm -hmm. and a lot of alcohol. Like it's not, like why couldn't we develop it around healthy food but when we do that people think like oh that's so strange but one thing I know is like for years I would bring green mustache food and for those of you who aren't listening we have a restaurant chain called the green mustache which just serves organic plant-based whole food um, meals that are unrefined unprocessed you can call it vegan they're well-cooked food raw food everything like we have everything dessert soups salads like you know Mm -hmm. stews and everything so but the thing is, like, all of our recipe items actually came from the fact that I used to bring that kind of stuff to parties, and people would look at me like, what is that? And I'd be like, well, it's quinoa Food. and lettuce <laughs> and vegetables and an amazing salad dressing that I made from scratch. And people would be so amazed by it. But if you looked at the table, it would be the first dish that was gone. Mm-hmm. Like, people would devour like, it. drawn to it. Because the nutrients almost like just subconsciously draw you in. Exactly. Just, I need that. And it's flavorful and delicious and it's all of those wonderful things. But people are also so not used to seeing it's not the norm at these dinner mm-hmm. table parties. And so everybody else would have their like, you know, their package stuff that they would undo and put it into the oven and, you know, like whatever chicken fingers or, you know, fish mm-hmm. sticks or I don't know, like all the things that all are. All the appies, you know, from Costco. And, and from M&M, M&M mm-hmm. meats and, you know, all of that. So. I just want to go back to um, 
you know, we're talking about community and we know that there's communities around the world. In fact, these communities live well into their hundreds, healthy, disease free, and they surround themselves by food. They surround themselves with, you know, like um, alcohol, the Greek island. Like I remember seeing this documentary about the Greek island of Crete Mm -hmm. and like they were saying that this was one of the one of the places in the world where people live the longest and it was and they had studied them and come to the conclusion that it was it was because they they had fresh food every day they sat down socially with their entire family and relaxed and ate and enjoyed um you know these moments and a lot of it was outside too they would eat outside Mm -hmm. so they were connecting with nature like dr bush always you know is is always reminding people that it's not even just a connection with just the food it's the connection with where the food came from being outside and so that was really interesting they were perfect examples of like you can create a healthy social um environment for food and 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 being and and celebrating exactly and celebrating without alcohol because a Mm -hmm. lot of these communities they do not drink like alcohol is not part of it and if they do they're drinking uh, a very locally made wine like a red wine Mm -hmm. or something that's been you know brewed in the kitchen or something like that it's not Mm -hmm. this you know mix of alcohol that is coming that's like been grown with grapes that are you know covered in pesticides and all Mm -hmm. of that too so there is probably if we start off with the clean food first our bodies can tolerate a little bit of alcohol but not at this crazy indulgence rate that we have in our society so there's another thing that you said that's really interesting and it's about the fact that you were like allergic to avocados and nuts mm-hmm. and seeds, which I think is fascinating because on the Gerson therapy, mm-hmm. the first things you cut out when you've been diagnosed with an illness are the nuts and the seeds and the avocados. And not because they're not healthy, but they're just really hard to digest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if they're hard to digest, you're not actually breaking them down. And then if you have a leaky gut, you're actually allowing nuts and seeds and avocado and all this undigested food particles to enter into your bloodstream and trigger an allergic reaction. So it's not necessarily you're allergic to them. It's just that your permeable membrane mm-hmm. is making you allergic to it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then the third thing that you said, which I think is fascinating, is you found Catherine Alexander all the way in Australia. Yeah. Well, Catherine Alexander wrote all the Gerson books. She actually is Gerson trained. I didn't even know that. And I just realized that when you said that, I I don't think you knew that. So she she designed all the Gerson books for the Gerson medical doctors to learn about the Gerson therapy. She wrote those books. And so she teaches only the Gerson therapy. And then on top of that, she is also a naturopath, so she'll prescribe herbs and other things as well. So she probably, I'm assuming, did that for you. Do you remember that? No, we didn't. uh, It was mostly the diet. It was mostly the diet. And I got a couple of her recipe books so that I could just like start getting in the kitchen and training myself to like cook and to, to eat, like prepare in a different way. Okay, so that was, she only teaches the Gerson therapy. She's so mm-hmm. amazing. And um, she's, I think she's getting close to retirement because I notice she's not taking as many clients mm-hmm. anymore, which makes me so sad because I'm like, who are the Catherine Alexanders of the right. world? We need You them. are. Well, thank you. But yes. we. Uh, she's my mentor. So I'm like, you know, right. if what's going to happen? Like I need, anyway, it's, it's all good. But um, yes, yeah, so this is why like after, f- so five years of slowly piecing together all of those resources and slowly starting to feel much better that when I met you and you 
and we were getting ready to do the website and I was watching, you know, doing my research for the for your website and reading about the Gerson and you were explaining the Gerson and then I watched a documentary on the Gerson and I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing the Gerson. You've been doing the Gerson therapy, yeah. But it took me five years and so much work and I was like, oh, I wish, I wish, like... You know, I don't regret a lot of things, but I do wish I could have. I, there was a moment where we could have connected at the beginning because I wish I had known all of that right and right, right when I was at the beginning when I was sick. Yeah, and you know, it's the one thing that I love about you. Like we just before we were filming um, or air or recording the show, you know, we were talking about the fact that you know you just learned about another friend that's been diagnosed, mm-hmm. and you're so good at saying, "Hey, you know what? Consider doing this." And the irony is that I teach this and often when I hear people that are sick, I'm just like, you know, I'll let them come to me and, you know, you're so good. Like you're such a spokesperson for this and being able to go out and be like, hey, try this and do this and switch your diet. And we definitely like I need to do that more, even though I know I'm doing it in my work, but even in my personal life. And I think it's a hard thing because food is so personal yeah and what we were just talking about as well like people don't get the connection they don't see that connection between food and their health Mm -hmm. and that's the part that's so challenging in this world and what do you do when you're when you're out there chatting to people who've just been diagnosed and i know i know it's such a like the psychology side of it is so crazy because when you're scared like when you are sick you're scared and you're tired and so what do you do when you're scared and you're tired you you go back to these like comfort things Mm -hmm. the comfort food and like it's so human we all do that like we're we need something to make us feel better and for every for some people that's donuts for some people that's like mac and cheese for some people you know and and it's just um it's it's so yeah it's it's breaking down those patterns like shattering them somehow we need to shatter them without like without intimidating people like that it it it, I you know that's something I've I I feel might be my next purpose in life is like that part of like just getting through to people and breaking down the fears um so that they don't go back to those old habits and learning how to create like new ways of thinking because once I was able to every step along the way once I was get past the hump of the fear and then just like creating a habit like like I felt so much better and I never wanted to go back I even just recently one that I've been holding on to forever is coffee and my new year's resolution was okay i've kicked everything all these other things and i did it and i'll never go back because i feel so good and i know each of them was hard and challenging in their own ways and this year's new year's resolution was coffee and i'm like i know this one's gonna be really hard really hard (laughs) because in my brain i was writing down my thoughts like i was like what am i saying to myself that is making me drink coffee every day. And like everyone else, I, was, I in my mind, I was saying, I can't even get through this morning yeah, without, without this coffee. coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot do my day without this coffee in my hand. And it, and it, and so I wrote those things down. And then I just kept asking myself, is that true? Is, that is true? it actually true? That's a Byron Katie movie. I know. <laughs> I love what her. <laughs> I'm like, is it true? It's still and and so I did it, and it was awful. I had headache, like the craziest headache I've ever mm-hmm. had for like a week straight. Did you do coffee enemas? 
No, I Why didn't. Not? That's I get, how you get over the coffee. Oh, pump. see, I didn't <laughs> know that. I didn't realize that that like reduces the okay. reaction or the withdrawal. Yeah. I did not know that. I should have talked to you first. Yeah. Let's see. Again, yeah. oh, I yeah. should have talked to you first, which again, it's like having that support instead of guessing. Yeah. I think I, if there's anything I'd love to encourage everyone through this podcast is like, go to resources like Nikki and the Thrivers, because a lot of times you just do it by yourself and it, it it's a bigger learning curve. You learn, mm-hmm. but it's a bit of a bigger learning curve. Yeah. I could have just called you and you would have saved me some pain that way. <laughs> but <laughs> I stuck it out and, yeah. and I cannot believe the amount of energy I, I it was so untrue the thought in my mind was so untrue that I will not go back to coffee because the amount of energy I have now compared to when I was trying to like you know get the coffee energy it's it's such a it's a it's so such a difference it's yeah. un deniable I can't deny it like I know when I just went back to drinking coffee I was off it for so long and you know what happened is I was away at residency for school because I'm doing my PhD right now and um and I was staying with uh, this roommate who I love she like we have so much fun together and she's in my program and you know she's a big coffee drinker she actually like probably drinks like maybe a pot and a half or two pots a day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, whatever. First day, I'm like, I'm just going to have a coffee. I wasn't tired because I had so much energy from not drinking coffee from mm-hmm. like months and months and months. And then, of course, I just read an article. Uh, I can't remember who put it out, but, you know, there's benefits to drinking coffee. So I grabbed mm-hmm. that study mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because it was more the ritual of us making our yes. coffee together, going to school the together. social side. But then, man, that drug kicked in so fast. And I went back to my old ways of like, literally before I'd even wake up in the morning, I'd be dreaming about going to the <laughs> kitchen and making up coffee. And that's how yeah. addictive it is. Like, it is a drug. And it does make me feel like shit. And in fact, I just had a DNA test. Um, just, I was really curious. Oh, yeah. It's a friend of mine. It's her company, DNA Power. Mm-hmm. And um, she just did this DNA test. And sure enough, it came back that, you know, my body does not process caffeine from coffee mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it because I feel worse when I drink coffee. Like I, it sucks my energy. It makes me feel dirty inside actually mm-hmm. versus when I'm not drinking coffee. So you've just inspired me. So this morning was my last, co- last coffee and it's because of the Byron <laughs> Katie. It's because yes. we tell, e- we tell each other these lies. Oh, there's right? so many things like even, even just like, like what you were just saying, like, it's like that it's this, the side of coffee where you're like, Oh, I just like, you know, I like the feeling of that hot in my hands yeah. in the morning and then giggling with friends. Cause for some reason, whenever you're standing around having coffee with people, you're having fun. Mm-hmm. So you associate the coffee with that too. Like there's, but the truth is you could be having a cup of tea totally. and having the exact same experience with your friends. Exactly. And so, yeah, no, I, that's it. That's my, everyone. You heard it here on the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I officially <laughs> just had my last coffee. I'll let you know how Yay. it goes. <laughs> yes. Um, but going back also to reaching out to people and asking for support, it's interesting because the last guy we just had on the podcast, um, uh, Shelby Friesen, you know, he entered into a year-long panic attack when he was about mm-hmm. 21 years old. And it took him four years to actually um, really recover from that. And then he did our training. And mm-hmm. in two weeks, he like saw that everything we taught and the benefit to his body that he could have achieved the same thing probably, you know, but it's all timing, right? So you can't beat Mm -hmm. yourself up for that. And you did exactly what 
Bill did. And Bill, you know, I talk about Bill a lot on this podcast because he was 72 and he was given three months to live, stage four cancer, lived another 22 years. But Bill didn't tell a single person he had cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a huge thing. And he didn't want the pity from people. He didn't want other people being like, do this, do that, do this. He just wanted to go in and focus on what he needed to do. And for him, like that internal dialogue around food, right? Because he did the Gerson therapy and lived 22 more years. But, you know, he often said if he had told people, mm-hmm. it would have just been too much. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can, in a way, understand mm-hmm. why you go within. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, like if you know the people to go to, you know, the people who are going to support you on your journey, you know, then you can go to them and just simply tell them, Hey, I don't need your bullshit pity. And I don't need you telling me what to do. I just need your support. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I think we can, we need to be, um, uh, advocators of our own health from that psychological perspective as well, by telling people what you need. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and also maybe just choosing the people like, uh, that you share y- your healing story with because there'll be some people in your life that will never understand like mm-hmm. the changes that you've had to make like there are people in my family and we will never see eye to eye on this even though you healed yourself yes they just basically are you know it's just something we we will they have never understood the changes i've made and and maybe they will maybe one day but um, I think just knowing that there are people in the community that you can turn to when you want to talk about it and when you need advice or I think would just accelerate your healing process. Yeah. Or just having people that you can invite over who's going to, mm-hmm. they'll eat the food with you. Yeah. They're going to love eating, you know, a delicious yes. salad and amazing soup and a baked potato and, you mm-hmm. know, all the Gerson food, which is, you know, at the end of the day, it's just an abundance of plant-based food that's cooked and also served raw and you know they don't mind drinking a juice instead of a glass of wine Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. they don't mind having popcorn without butter on it maybe some nutritional yeast instead yeah yeah exactly so one of the people i know and i might be putting you on the spot here but your husband wasn't totally on board with this either was he well no actually dan is amazing i have to say uh he you know, he has been, it's, his support has been, um, I don't know what the word is. Like he never wants to really talk about it like openly, but if I, when I started changing my habits, he just rolled with it. That's awesome. You know, like I started eating differently. He was like, okay, I'll eat this. Like he never, there was never, um, a moment where he disagreed with anything I was doing, but his way is if he if he didn't understand or if he was skeptical, he just wouldn't say anything. He would just right. eat it. Right. <laughs> so he was silently supportive. Right. Okay. Because I know there's a lot of partners out there that are like, we're not buying organic. We need to keep eating meat. And like they really are not supportive when their partners are trying to make these I changes. I could see that. And I could a, see that. It's hard. I could see that. Totally. Because, um, but I was really lucky. I was really lucky because Dan has always been health conscious in the first place. And so, and I think he saw how much research and effort I was putting in that he just put that trust into me. He saw that I was like so passionate about, about healing myself that I think he just trusted that, that I done my research and that 
I kind of knew what I like. I kind of knew what I was doing a little bit, mm-hmm. and he so he just went with the flow. Right. And so yeah, he eats everything. And now with Ashton, so after all of this, um, after the five years of healing, I and I finally became pregnant, which is amazing. With yes. a beautiful, beautiful yeah, little my boy, little beautiful Ashton, and um, and that's when we reconnected. Was yeah. when I was pregnant, and we started working on all of the the, the logos and the websites, and yeah. um, and he now is like my other little partner in crime. He has been. It's been so fun. Like getting into food is even more fun with kids. Yeah. I gotta say. I have to say that because they're so open that too. Because you prepare, like I've seen your kitchen and what you prepare for him and his snacks. What are the little bean, are the black bean balls, <laughs> yeah, the black bean balls that you make for him that he just oh devours? God. Yeah, <laughs> loves them. Like nobody knows what he's eating at school, but he's just like popping black bean balls all day. That's so amazing. <laughs> and he's got his juice. Like even just this morning, we had our carrot apple juice. Oh, amazing! Just like at the green mustache. Yeah, we, and it takes time to do all of that stuff, but at the same yes. time, it takes time to prepare unhealthy meals as well it does and I have definitely found that with kids no matter what everything seems to take time anyways so so we just make it fun he juices with me he's in the kitchen with me all the time like since he was so little he loves it he watches cooking shows now on YouTube he is like he has made it even that you know, the, this whole healing journey, he's taken it to the next level for me. Cause now it's like really fun. Like before I was doing it, I was on a mission. This is how I'm going to get better and no one's going to stop me. And now it's actually, it's really, it's just more enjoyable. Like we're like, yeah, yesterday he's like, mom, do you think we could have some oysters for lunch? Like his (laughs) palate is like off the charts he will eat anything like mussels, oysters, fish, like yeah. um, any kind of vegetable. He loves juicing. Like he ate sprouts yesterday. I put like just a pile of like alfalfa sprouts on his plate. He looked like a little horse and he was just like laughing and eating them like, like a horse. That's amazing. <laughs> and that's it. what we need to do as parents is we have to expose our kids. Like the reason he has a palate for that, it's not like he's genetically made for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, technically he is genetically made for fresh, real, whole food. But at the same time, it's that you could have easily given him packaged processed food and he would have mm-hmm. developed a palate for that. And oh, for sure. You would have been yeah. one of those moms being like, well, he only eats, you know, whatever, you know, cheese strings and, you know, whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to having a palate for alfalfa sprouts and having a palate for, you know, the plethora of amazing natural foods that are on the planet. Mm-hmm. And well, and those foods, like with the healthy foods, for sure, it was, again, a process and it it was hard it was more work to get his palate to enjoy the healthier things whereas you know it's so easy to take that easy road because the palate for processed foods like oh my god all it takes is like one one bowl of craft dinner and oh, yeah. th- and that's it they've got the palate like, like whereas it takes heroin yeah, yeah whereas it would take you know 20 times to put cooked carrots in front of them before they actually start to like them so again it goes back to the whole psychology of it like are you going to you know like take the time now and change your habits and change the way you think so that you can change your schedule and change your timing or are you just, you know, gonna, and I don't blame parents, you know what, and I want to say I'm not preaching because parents 
have it so hard. Like they're basically expected to be everything now. Mm. They're working full time and they're so tired and they get home and their kids are starving. The kids are hungry from, uh, you know, a full day of school. They're starving. You get in the kitchen and like, man, it is, it is really hard to not go for the processed food because it's super fast to make and they'll be super happy and nobody's complaining Mm. and the day's over (laughs) you can go to sleep or sit on the couch and just take a minute for yourself so i am definitely hope this didn't come off as preaching in any way because i know that that's what 90 percent of parents struggle with everyone does it's totally the way it is it's just um it's just changing habits and they do and it, and it is harder it's a harder road it's like choosing the harder road yeah and it is the harder road because it's not the norm right mm-hmm. and i mean even for us we just had easter dinner and it was beautiful like 98 percent of everything that was on the counter was like you know gerson approved for the most part you know mm-hmm. we had a delicious gravy on mashed potatoes but i made it out of cashews mm-hmm. and you know on gerson you're not gonna eat cashews um while you're healing but i mean it was this amazing gravy for the mashed potatoes it was also hazel's birthday she turned 12 and Mm -hmm. she was demanding like insima and um the cooked veggies that we eat in africa she like really fell in love with that but then she also wanted mashed potatoes and gravy and um we had huge salads it was awesome and um but you know for the most part but it is it is super hard because of the fact and it was hard this weekend because we also had other family members that don't eat like that. So of course my mom, who's like done Gerson, she knows she's like whips up deviled eggs, you know, with mayonnaise and like mostly processed stuff in there. And I was like, we don't eat that. But what do you do? (laughs) So I let her make the deviled eggs and she put them on the counter and it's her, you know, and again, that's just a habit. She's so used to making deviled eggs at Easter dinners and Christmas dinners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to fight her on it and be like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're ruining our table. And now it's like, you know what, make your deviled eggs, put them on. I'm just not going to eat them. Mm-hmm. And whoever wants to eat them can make the choices, I guess, that they have. But it is really hard for kids to have that attitude because if you put anything that's competing with that healthy food on the table, you're shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. Like that kid will go for the processed, sugary, oily, salty oh, yeah. food, right? Like you just cannot have competing stuff. It would be the same thing for a drug addict. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you invite somebody over who's an alcoholic or a drug addict into your house, and meanwhile, you're serving alcohol in drugs. Like, you know, that's really going to be a little too tempting for them, you know, unless they've, you know, sort of overcome the psychological side of it as well and the emotional attachment to as well and done the work um, and broken those patterns. But for most of us, we haven't broken those patterns around food because we're inundated by it Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. So the reason I brought up Dan, though, is because I remember when Mm -hmm. you called me and you're like, Nikki. Dan's 100% on board. He listened to the Ritual podcast. Oh, yeah. And I loved how you did it with him. It wasn't like, hey, you got to listen to this. You just started playing it in the car every time you went somewhere. Isn't that how it it worked? Yeah. Well, um, and then my sister, you know, Amanita, she... um, she had recommended it to Dan too. It was kind of nice because it didn't directly, it came from me suddenly. And then my sister was like, Dan, you got to listen to this guy, Rich Roll. He's super cool. He's a man's man but he's just got like so many awesome podcasts and 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 he's an emotionally intelligent man's man like he has other conversations with men that are really deep and interesting and so she put on the final sale sale and and then he started 
and coincidentally, he started commuting that year down to to Vancouver. So he just started listening to them in the car, and and that was a big shift because before he was he was definitely just like supporting me silently by just eating everything I put on the table and 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 loving it and but once he started listening to Rich Roll and all these other po- podcasts I think it it took his um understanding to the next level yeah. of why like why are we doing this exactly and why is it good for the planet because Rich Roll ta- you know has a lot of great guests that are talking about why it's good for um, us as a society, as a planet, it's not, you know, just a, 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 as well as health. And so f- that was really cool. That was really cool to see him, like, actually get excited about the why we're doing this. Yeah, I love that too, because for so many couples, I think it just takes the relationship to a whole new level mm-hmm. too, when you have both of you that are actively pursuing this lifestyle together and I know for myself and Pierre like it was you know it didn't happen simultaneously even though you know he I talk about this all the time he was a big mucus ball when we first met and he had eczema and all of these other health conditions and you know within two weeks of cutting out dairy out of our house when he moved in with me I was like you're not having dairy in this house he got better but he still never jumped on board fully he was like Mm. okay I guess we're just eating this because that's what you say we have to eat (laughs) but then once he read for him he read Beata Bishop's book um, A Time to Heal and about using the Gerson therapy Mm. to heal her melanoma and and that was it like it just mm. became super fun with him coming home with like really awesome recipe ideas and you know yeah, it just he is so into it now like I love totally. coming to your place for lunch and he's like serving everything up for us oh yeah he's a good host yeah and it's fun and but for people out there if you're just you know if you are the one person in the relationship that is you know persevering for your own just do it for yourself do it for your own health issue like health reasons and you know you don't need to have the whole entire family on board you also don't need to cook multiple meals just cook the one meal mm. and make your family eat it um and then you know and then you just slowly you know over time and with patience and sometimes it does take somebody else selling the concept to your mm-hmm. loved ones and then oh, getting yeah. them so just be patient because i think so many people are trying to change the other person first mm-hmm. before changing themselves mm-hmm. and you that's another thing that i really like about how you did it is that you were like i'm doing this for me yeah right and yeah it's true. Like you, you, yeah, you can't, you really have to just focus on doing it for yourself. And I think, I think trying to influence the people in your, your family can cause issues. Like you just got to lead by example, mm-hmm. which is what you do with your family all the time. Like, you know, you are a leader and I think you just got to lead by example and trying to and, and let them come to the why like Dan came to the why on his mm-hmm. own now it's now it means something to him that's awesome yeah that mm-hmm. why is really really important um I'll tell you about one of my whys this is funny I don't think I've ever well it just happened I told <laughs> one of my staff in our corporate offices and she giggled but I was out running the other day and I've been wanting to go get back to running for a long time and um I was running and before I was running because I'm like I need to be fit I need to be fit and this is really good and I know it increases natural killer cells in my body and you know I want to live a long healthy vibrant life and I want to be able to keep up with my kids like those are all good whys right Mm -hmm. But then my girlfriend behind me was talking about how since she's been fit, like she's just been having better sex. Oh, well, that's a good why. I know. And then I was like, <laughs> immediately in my head, I was like, 
holy shit, I got to change my why. And I changed <laughs> it and I ran two and a half K further. That was way fast. more motivating. It was totally way more motivating. <laughs> so when people are coming up with their why, be really clear and honest with yourself about what yeah. that is. So I thought I'd just share that online if anybody needs a good why out there. <laughs> um, That's a good one. So let's go back because I want to take people through your journey again. So here you are, you had these fibroids removed, then you went to Bali to celebrate and to try and get pregnant and to have a romantic, you know, getaway. And that's when all of a sudden, like, it just all went downhill. What? Yeah. Right. And then after that, you, you know, find Catherine Alexander, you start to see Dr. Sunny Lee, like all the tests that mm-hmm. were you were getting through the, you know, Western medical um, your medical doctors was coming back negative. They couldn't tell what was mm-hmm. wrong with you. And so then you start implementing the Gerson therapy principles. You didn't know mm-hmm. it was Gerson therapy at the time, but mm-hmm. we now know that it was. Mm-hmm. And um, you start getting better. And what did getting better look like? Like, was it overnight or was it a slow progression? No, it was pretty slow. Like, I think actually, like, if I had just straight up done the Gerson therapy, which is how you help your clients, I think I would have seen results like instantly. But because I was piecemealing it over those five years and just um, I I was getting slower results, but the results were definitely there. Like when I started taking care of my liver, the results were there. Like I, I felt better. And I was regular, like my, my whole digestive system became like regular. I had never been regular my whole life. Like I didn't even know what that meant. As in like bowel movements? Yes, like never. Like it was either one thing or the other. Like I couldn't go or I was like running to the bathroom. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that like I could see results like that with the liver cleansing and then with the juicing I could just feel like it was taking the burden off of like especially in the beginning when my stomach was in so much pain the juice just took gave me the energy I needed and all the nutrients but took the burden away from actually digesting food so the juicing helped so much at the beginning and then the slowly with the cooking the food I just found like every meal I was like oh I don't have a stomach like I actually feel good after eating and then my energy levels started going up and then and then I got and then I finally got pregnant I had quite a few miscarriages and along the way um but I and then I finally got pregnant with Ashton and my pregnancy was amazing I felt like a million dollars and I know that's not the experience for a, a lot of moms but for me it just like was the icing on the cake because after everything I've been through my pregnancy was awesome like I felt incredible that is amazing. And maybe it was just because I was so happy, but <laughs> well, and you'd had about five miscarriages, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that must have been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and is when you had these miscarriages, like, did how, how did you handle that? Like the stress. Uh, well, uh, I could have easily gone back to like having a whole bunch of beer, <laughs> or exactly. like, or um, you know, grabbing some comfort foods, some processed comfort foods. And my my hormones were all over the map, which is what happens, you know, when your body thinks it's going to be pregnant and then it's not. Yeah. Um, but but I stuck with stayed it. strong. I just stayed strong. It was hard, but I just kept going. And um, yeah. I just kept reminding myself, like, what the end goal was. And and you know what's funny, actually, is that one person that kept coming to my mind was my grandmother, the one that I mentioned. She was the, that, that could never understand 
processed food in the 80s and she was very old school polish and actually right now she's she's 95 we just had to put her into palliative care Mm. but she literally just started she was she's been living on her own her whole like all this time so healthy walking around doing everything she does and all those like through it all, I just, her, her words, like her harsh Polish words kept coming to my mind because she was like, this is disgusting. I would never eat this. Like, yeah. how could you eat this? Like her, her like, you know, just like her understanding of food, like she had a garden she grew she would walk out to her garden every day and they would like can and have stuff have a cellar with all kinds of food prepared through the winter she was always preparing food she had two kitchens in her house two kitchens like my butcha and the days i remember when i was a kid some of my like happiest moments eating were always at her house cuz the food was so good wow. so during those hard years she was probably like in a way, my mentor, like she was the only person that I knew really closely and I could just kind of draw on those really harsh <laughs> words that she would always say and like the look of disgust on her face when she would come to our house for dinner and my mom would be microwaving our food <laughs> and she would just be like, ah, like what are you doing? I and for some that. reason, I think that got me through. And even to this day, like, I just love that part about my bacha was like, like, I see she had 95 years of like clarity. Her mind was mm-hmm. sharp, literally right up until last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what, you mean, the Shirzai team, I talk about them often. They're out of Lindaloma and they're neuroscientists and they never studied nutrition while they were in med school and they discovered it on their own. And then being neuroscientists studying Alzheimer's, what they realized is that they can, we can completely, even if you have the gene for Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. by eating a clean, wholesome, rich, nutrient dense, um, predominantly like a lot of vegetables, like you said, your bacha had, ton, you know, grew, had a garden and grew mm-hmm. a lot of her vegetables. And you have that kind of lifestyle. You can prevent those genes for Alzheimer's actually flicking on and causing mm-hmm. the symptoms of Alzheimer's. And you can actually die a peaceful death without ever having any symptoms of it. And I love the neuroscience that's coming out around that. And I think that's going to change, hopefully, a lot of people's minds. We just need to expose people to that research and to the mm-hmm. science and to the Shirzai team. But, you know, they have meal plans on their website and they're teaching people how to eat this, which is exactly what, you know, if anybody is respectful enough, I think, of their grandparents, not to <laughs> think that they're crazy and uh, my grandparents are old school oh. and all of that. But if you actually look at the way they live their life, um, and if you can see that connection to nature and see that connection to diet, you'll see that the way our great grandparents and grandparents lived, yeah. that they had a much healthier lifestyle than we do. And yeah, and, and she, your grandmother also is always resonating in, in my mind as well, because when you say like, when she says that's disgusting, she's really talking about the package processed food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like logically, like I just feel like that generation, they just had this like logic mm-hmm. and like that you 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 are what you eat like they just knew that and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah and then they also would know you know if you put chemicals on your soil and then ultimately it's like somewhere along the line we just lost like um at the you know we lost at the expense of convenience we lost that just 
logic. Like it makes so much sense. And that's why she would be just so floored every time she saw us eating like that because she's like, I don't under like with her little Polish accent, she'd be like, I do not understand. <laughs> like why? And then she'd just literally walk out of the room like so upset because it just, it would never in her, in her mind, cross her mind to take something out of a plastic package and pop it in the microwave and not know who made it yeah. and where those ingredients came from and and then put it into her own body. And it's not just her, like all of her friends that I know, like her best friend is 100. He just turned 100. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and so he's this exact same way. Like he walks to the grocery store every day and they buy their food fresh. He buys it fresh every day, goes home, he makes his own food. Like they just take the time to take care of themselves. Yeah, that is amazing. With, um. Yeah, because I see the opposite thing happening is where, you know, I'll make an amazing Gerson meal, which to me makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. now. I mean, I definitely wasn't always that way. And in my 20s, like I would eat hot dogs and, you know, I definitely went off the wagon and ate lots of never microwave food because I never that never resonated with me. And I didn't grow up with TV dinners. And Mm -hmm. I remember craving Chef Boyardee um, because I would watch the kids at school just show up with a can of Chef Boyardee and a spoon and they just have to peel the top off and start eating it right out of the can like Mm. and you know I'd always be like can I have a bite can I have a bite that smells so good and I'd be looking at my like sandwich that my mom made that had vegetables in and being like I don't want to eat that so I get that but yeah now it's amazing because I have people who will look at my dishes and be like that's disgusting like where's the meat and I can't believe you just eat like boring food like that and I'm like it's actually not boring it's so delicious but their palates are not accustomed to it Mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier with Ashton Mm -hmm. if your palate's not accustomed to it you'll eat a carrot and not taste anything in it whereas you allow three weeks to go by of eating like that and you eat that carrot and all of a sudden you're like holy shit the carrot's spicy it's sweet it's salty it's all of these things all in one Mm -hmm. but you can't taste that Mm -hmm. if all you've been eating is salt sugar and oil yeah yeah you have a very special grandmother I know. Yeah. I'm gonna miss her. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, but I'll always have that. Like, I honestly, it's really funny how things have come full circle. How I, how passionate I am about it now, mm-hmm. and 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 just the fact that she's leaving. And anyways, there's so much wisdom from that generation. I just feel like we need to tap into all of that before it's gone because they they had the answers. They'd figured it out already. Yeah. We just kind of unfigured it out, like kind of just derailed it. Yeah. You know, it'd be really cute. I just thought about this. It's, be, being a graphic designer that you mm. are, if you designed a little book of like all her sayings little. and <laughs> you've and just like something, oh a little storybook for so Ashton cute. or something about his, you know, great grandmother. Yeah. Well, can, we just bought, I, I, I haven't even had a chance to tell you much about this, but we just bought a really big, beautiful piece of property in Brackendale. Mm. And I think my the legacy, you know, how I want to cherish the memory of my, my babcha, my grandmother is to is to live like she did. She she they used to have two hundred and fifty acres. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And um back in Ontario and and I'll just hopefully have a little bit of that. Like we'll have our gardens and our chickens and just, you know, be outside cutting the grass like nonstop. But that mm-hmm. was that was great. Like Doctor Bush says, like I want Ashton to be in the dirt. Yeah. Around in the grass, cutting, doing chores and and that's how I'm hoping to kind of keep her memory alive is through this new life we're going to build. 
Oh, that's beautiful. I feel that I'm doing the same way, like with the one, because mm-hmm. we just, last year, place. Place. it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one acre of agricultural farmland. And when we were in Malawi, my grandmother, um, Pierre was out there hoeing the garden at like 4 a.m. in Malawi. Um, and I mean, it's not a garden. It, we're talking about acres and acres of like, right. you know, mountains, fields, and they're getting ready to plant the seeds and wait for the rain to come so they can grow their food because everything is grown. Like if the food, rain doesn't come, they don't eat. Yeah. And so Pierre was out there doing that. And they have these incredible, beautiful handmade hoes that they use. Like they, you know, they hammer the, the metal. I don't even know what kind of metal it is. And they um, go and they carve the handle out of, uh, out of a tree. And anyway, so she gave him her hoe. And so Pierre's <laughs> going to be using it That's on our awesome. land. Yeah. And we had the most amazing garden. And, the, and what I love about the garden and seeing my kids, like since they were little, we'd go visit our other friends who had acres of land and they would have gardens. And the kids would walk into the garden and pick a stalk of chard mm-hmm. and literally just, just start eating it. it. Yeah. Like they wouldn't I do that in the it. grocery store. Same no. chart looks the same. Chart yeah. looks the same, but they wouldn't do that. If they could pick it out of the garden themselves, they would just eat it. No salad dressing, no dips. Like it was really, it's really remarkable to see that kids naturally have an affinity to that. They're drawn to it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Last year, Ashton grabbed some rhubarb from somebody's garden and just started chewing on it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's so bitter. Like even yeah. I could not do that. Yeah. No, I remember doing that in my mom's garden as well. Yeah. Just picking the stalks of rhubarb. I'm pretty sure I probably went inside and dipped it in some white sugar too. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, there, you know, one of the things too that I I have to, I feel like I have to share this with the audience and it's that um, you are a bit of a renegade, right? Because a lot of people who are going to hear this are going to be like, wow, she's so amazing, amazing, but she's got a biology background. So the science of food probably made sense. And, you know, and I don't think it's fair for me to not also introduce the fact that you are a renegade like you bought your last piece of property in Squamish right like mm-hmm. you, it was a commercial property mm-hmm. um you know that was the it's the it was old the Brackendale General Store building yeah, yeah. With like the original post office or something mm-hmm. in Squamish mm-hmm. yeah it has the original post office for the Sea Sky Corridor which is and tell us about the story of seeing that property and just going out and doing it because I don't think you guys also had the money to do it necessarily no. at that time. Oh my God, we had no money. We actually lived up here in Whistler, or I sorry, I lived up here in Whistler and um, had some great friends up here, and it was hard to leave. But I just kind of had this feeling like I needed to sort of start something new and ended up in Brackendale and uh, I lived just down the street from the general store and so one day I was down there getting my mail and you know picking up something from the store and and I just looked at the building and I was like oh my god like it was such a strong like I, I don't even know what to call it if it was like a premonition or a vision like I just was like I love this building like it's amazing and I don't even know what possessed me I walked into the general into the post office and and asked the postmaster the woman that was in there who owned the building and she said I do and I was like and the words just came out flying out of my mouth and I was like would you ever sell this building and she was so mad she was very old-fashioned and she just was shut me down instantly she was just like that's a very rude question and you should leave and I was like oh so I left with my tail between my legs and I just you know just wishfully wished you know one day I would own the building and funny enough it ended up happening a couple years later and we had no money we basically had to beg borrow and steal to buy this 
great building, but it it was um, something we, both me and my husband are really proud of because it was at, at the hub of our community, and mm-hmm. and we loved bringing it back to life. It was an awesome, awesome project. Yeah, I love that you guys did that. It's such, if anybody's ever in Brackendale, you have to go check it out because it's so mm-hmm. sweet. It's got the post office and the general store and a little restaurant, and, and I love how you, like, you know, when we were chatting, how you wanted to turn it into a wellness center and a wellness retreat. I did, but... Um, it now has a new owner mm-hmm. and he's going to do some amazing things with it. And I am inspired with this new property. I would love to do something there. I think something great is going to happen. I don't know exactly what it is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, when the picture is just like blurry and, but you're putting out all these intentions and thoughts. And I, I kind of figured actually after this interview that you and I would have a brainstorming <laughs> session. Like we, we always- can do that. <laughs> Um, so I, I definitely think that that part of the dream might come, might flow into this new property. I love that. I love that. And I know you're going to make it happen to you. I mean, you still have a little guy, you know, at home with you and I know that takes a lot of energy and you're prioritizing his health and, um, and your health and everything, but I can see that slowly. slowly. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. You definitely have all the tools. So let's go back to, um, you had these miscarriages, Mm -hmm. you got better you had Ashton and then do you still continue this lifestyle I do I have to because after I was pregnant I did I I did find out that I I um my energy dropped again I had a bit of a uh like I don't know what you would call I just I just started getting really tired again not nothing no major symptoms like not um no pain in my stomach um nothing else in my body was was reacting negatively other than the fact that I just I just couldn't seem to get my energy back after having Ashton um and then I finally got tested and 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 I think this is also happening to a lot of other women after they've had kids is that uh, my thyroid has kind of like no, it's just not working the way it used to. So I have hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was an, another kick in the butt to like, okay, I could have, again, emotionally, I could have been like, like there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, after all these years of taking care of myself, like how is this happening like again? And I, you know, I could have easily gone down like feeling sorry for myself slope. I did mm-hmm. for a little bit. But then, you know, I just was like, no, I'm not going to let this get me down again. I know what I have to do. I just have to find the answers and do what I have to do and make myself better. And and making myself better is makes me better for my whole family. I'll mm-hmm. be there for Ashton, my husband, and I'll be here a long time, hopefully. That's like my, my butcha goal again. Yeah, I love <laughs> I'm going to be 95 <laughs> and totally together. So, um so yes, you gave me the advice to take the desiccated uh, thyroid, mm-hmm. um, and I've kicked the. I've been listening to Doctor Axe, who is another amazing resource, mm-hmm. um, who deals a lot with the, um, thyroid issues and and just being really strict back, on, like like just doing everything I have. To, I know I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the energy's coming back. I feel good. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel um, really good. Yeah, and that's the thing nowadays with the desiccated thyroid. So w- before when you were doing this, when you found Catherine Alexander, did you just change the food mm-hmm. and the juicing? Mm-hmm. But you didn't do the supplements? No, I never, other than milk thistle, which was for the li- yeah. liver cleansing every day. Okay, and not the coffee enemas back then? No, 
no. So that's the interesting thing, like what you said about, because what I love about Gerson, it's all encompassing. And so there mm-hmm. is the supplement protocol that you do as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Max Gerson found is that in everybody, every single one of his patients that um, had chronic disease and that had illness and digestive troubles and all of that, but they also simultaneously had hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. So desiccated oh, thyroid was is one of the protocols, um, mm-hmm. including the iodine that you take with it because the two go hand in hand. Okay. And so... Um, and I know you've been piecing that together, like the I iodine the and then iodine. the thyro- thyroid and then everything. And and what's really cool now in 2019 versus when I first started teaching this, if you went to a doctor and said, I want to take desiccated thyroid, they were like, you're up to lunch. Like, mm-hmm. there's no science around that. It's, you know, you can't get it. It's a supplement. It's not regulated and blah, 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 blah. And now, though, I actually, so many of my clients come to me after seeing their MDs and NDs and everybody, and they're prescribing desiccated thyroid, which is what Max Gerson prescribed 100, 100 years, years ago. ago. See, this is it. Like, that generation, the answers were there. They Yeah, they knew. And they were observant too. Like that was the other thing is mm-hmm. I think they had the experience and the opportunity and the time to just simply observe, mm-hmm. right? They had the time to see what happened in a garden when you fertilized it with chemicals versus mm-hmm. when you, you know, maybe fertilized it with compost. Mm-hmm. You know, they could see the difference. They could also see the difference in their health because they knew they got to experience the transition of going from eating a lot of homemade cooked food without microwaves and the mm-hmm. processed stuff. Whereas our kids now are born into the generation where all they eat is processed food. Right. So they don't get to compare. It's yeah. all they know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the other hard thing as well. But I did have to bring, but again, you know, I love your attitude because, you know, again, it's that, you know, throw on the cape. You've had yeah. a kid. I'm feeling tired, but I'm um, going to find the answer. I'm not going to stop until they, I do. Like you are, you have this renegade energy and renegade mentality, which is what I love. But I think everybody can have that. It, yeah, like Do I you think, think, or maybe well, not. I don't know. You know what? I, I think everybody. Like I've been listening to this Gretchen Rubin. She talks about like motivating. Like everything. Everyone has individual ways. Like their personality dictates what how, what motivates them. So what would motivate me? would be different than maybe someone else. Like I get motivated about like, I'll just picture again, like my budget at 95 and I'm like, what do I want to be like at 95? Like, and how am I going to get there? Um, but then there's other people who they're more motivated. Like she was saying, like with different personality types that like some people are more motivated um, by doing things for other people. Mm-hmm. So maybe for them, Instead of thinking of themselves, they have to think about, well, I got to be there for my family. So I got to be healthy. So everyone, I think, just has to find their their way, like find what really actually, no matter what it is. And there's no judgment and one isn't better than the other. Exactly. It's just whatever motivates you to like, like fun- get to your goal, like what you want and how to heal yourself. I think that that's that's the part they got to figure out and that will help them put their cape on right and that's Gretchen Rubin is that a podcast it's she wrote a book about um she's written quite a few books but yes she has a podcast and so she um has these four different personality types that she describes and how they are motivated but in different ways and how it will help you as an individual motivate yourself. And it will also maybe help you motivate your children or your staff Mm -hmm. because they're different. So, um, with me, it's funny because the personality type I am is the why, 
I, if if I if something actually if I if I I have to constantly question it, and if I if it makes sense, I will do it. I'm in. Right. If it makes sense. Yeah. So it's got to make sense first, and then mm-hmm. you're in. And then I'm all in, and yeah. I won't stop. But for other people, she was saying like, it's 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 often for other like a lot of moms. They will tend to maybe not. They'll do everything for other people first. Right. So if that's your personality type, then then you almost have to maybe even create this other like personality, which is the little you. Mm-hmm. Like you put all your children first, but where's the little you? Maybe that's what's gonna motivate you. Mm-hmm. I gotta take care of baby Barb today. Baby Barb. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if that's your personality type, you just gotta do what you gotta do to like, you know, and everyone's different. You just find your your way yeah I think that's interesting we did a podcast with uh, Kristen Campbell and from Squamish Water Kefir and it was great because she really talked about you know you need to put your life mask on yourself first mm-hmm. you know and how important that is and I think I'm definitely the person who like will want to help I'm motivated Everyone by helping else. others yeah mm-hmm. and uh, I probably need to pull out the little Nikki baby Nikki baby Nikki baby Nikki needs some attention exactly. come here baby <laughs> Nikki it's time for a little nursing <laughs> you're some carrot apple juice. Uh, yeah. yeah, I probably need to do that for sure. And so, what does life look like next for you? Because I love that you're also deep into the psychology side. Like, I know you're really motivated by that as well. So, what's next for you? Well, I, I, I so I've been diving in lately into personality types because I just think that's a huge factor. That's the conclusion I came to through my you know, healing experience was that, you know, if you can just tap into how to change the way you think, and then I guess, and then it got me thinking, well, how does everyone think? Like, how do I think? How do you think? How do other people think? That side of it really fascinates me. Um, so I, I've, I've been taking some courses on personality testing, and I'm kind of thinking, I would use some of those new skills with this new retreat center. It's all part of that <laughs> that haze I was talking about. The plan hasn't completely come together yet, but it's coming. I can feel it. Nice. And I usually always get a spark of something, something from you whenever we're together and we're brainstorming. It becomes a bit clearer. So I would love it to involve food and, again, like personality styles and how to motivate people to, like, make the changes in their lives and deal with everything else that they have to deal with. Mm. And so is moving to Hawaii? Oh, my still? God. That would be amazing. <laughs> I know you love going that to Hawaii. That is, like, the ultimate, oh, the big dream, the big, big dream. Yeah, um, yeah that's my big dream. I'm going to have oh, acres of land oh my God. in Hawaii where there's so much beautiful food. We're going to be parked next to Oprah. Yes. On oh. ne- next to her property. I don't know where it is. Making her some food and bringing it over like don't a good know. neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> Being like, hi, I made you these delicious plant-based whole food muffins. <laughs> oh, man. I love that idea. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we need to do it for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I think between the two of us, we can manifest that. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And after this podcast, we're definitely going to brainstorm about your property, your one-acre property. So being a mama who makes amazing food for her child, can you share a recipe that you just love making for Ashton? Yes, I have. Okay, so he's starting to get sick of the black bean balls. <laughs> so, but so I'm now I'm just totally hooked on um, 
uh, blend like muffins, mm-hmm. like healthy muffins, but like the like I have my my ninja, or you could have your Vitamix or whatever. But these are I have a couple of awesome recipes that are so easy because you just throw everything in the blender, like and it's all oat based. So I don't know. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in the sea of sky. You can buy massive bags of organic oats at Savon. Not many people know this. It's on the bottom, bottom shelf of the bulk section. And it will save you so much money. It's $20 for like a farm bag. Like it's like almost like a feed bag of oats. Organic. Like 30 pounds of oats. Yeah. I know which ones you're talking about. Yeah. And maybe it's either 20 or $30, but it is like substantially cheaper. So I've just been baking like crazy for him um, with these like blender recipes and 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 the base is always like the the rather than using flour yeah. is the oats nice. so I have like oats and spinach and then I've got a banana like oats and banana and then a carrot one but that's kind of my new go-to and so then it's I almost freeze like them. making a smoothie basically yeah because it looks like a smooth like it's 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 totally like smoothie texture in yeah. the blender but then you bake it in muffin. but then you pour them into muffin trays mm. pop them in the oven for 20 minutes and then i just bought like i'll just take a day where i'll put on some music my tunes going and i'll bake 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 and then i've got them in the freezer and i pop them in as lunch every day that is amazing especially what i love about it is that so many people come to me and they're like, but I'm so healthy. And I'm like, tell me what you eat. And they're like, well, I do all my baking at home. And but they're using all refined flours, which have been completely mm-hmm. denatured. They have to actually add nutrients back into it because there's no nutrients left. And so people don't realize that flour is probably one of the biggest fast foods mm-hmm. that are out there that literally have no nutrients. Mm-hmm. And people think that just because you're making your baking from scratch at home, that it's healthy when it's not. Yeah. And so but I love that you do that because, and it's oats are the easiest ones to work with because yeah. you can blend them. You it can soak them. has the same them. consistency. Exactly. The taste is amazing. Like most of the kids, like before with black bean balls, it was hard to get those by with other kids. Like I couldn't <laughs> trick them into it. But the muffins, the, mm. if I put it on a tray of muffins, it doesn't matter what kid they are, they are diving in and, and they can't tell the difference. And they can have it for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to have to get yeah. some of those recipes yeah. and I'm going to start making. I can't stand baking because I always used to think like baking, like you might as well make pancakes or donuts or a cake or a loaf mm. of bread because it's all the same ingredients um, and it all includes flour. But I'm going to I'm gonna make my kids well, some muffins. And you guys inspired me on the weekend for Easter weekend. Um, you guys have the uh, buckwheat waffle mm. at the green mustache. Yeah. And so I, and I, I think it's from Oh She Glows. Like is that the recipe so, yeah. that you guys went with? Probably. So I couldn't find hers, but I found a similar one and I made them on the weekend and they were so good. Oh, they were so good. Ashton, Dan and I were like, we made a whole bunch. We froze some and we're going to, yeah, that is like going to be another one of our go-tos. And so I had the buckwheat grouts like the, mm. and again, it was all in the blender. All in so the easy. Yeah. If I, we make pancakes for the kids, we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We made some, I think one of our easiest pancake recipes, which is so ridiculous and it's um, oats banana in the blender mm-hmm. and if i want to get really crazy and make them Kalahani. purple yeah i just throw in some blueberries and mm-hmm. we'll have like 
purple pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> They're so delicious and they cook up so well. And every once in a while, I'll throw in like yam or something in there if I mm-hmm. want to give it a lighter texture. Like it's amazing what what you can do with whole foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, the great thing is, is that, I mean, yeah, you can screw up a lot of baking when you're trying to make like real whole food. But yeah, you have to get like your five <laughs> go-to recipes. I don't know. It does sometimes take time. Yeah. Like you go through the experiment stage and you're like, oh, that wasn't very easy or that didn't really taste that great. Came out or, like a brick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you just stick, you find the, the, a couple and you just stick with those and keep doing them over and over. Yeah. And I think with the baking too, the reason why I never got into the baking healthy, I was just like, screw baking, I'm going to eat an apple or maybe make applesauce. Mm-hmm. But it was because so many of the recipes it's like well okay don't use egg but make flax you know like mix flax and water and flax meal and water and like have a substitute but I think if you just get away from substituting Mm -hmm. and you actually just change out all the ingredients all together and you just do exactly like what you're saying like you can just take the buckwheat groats or the oats or whatever and mix it in the blender with you know a few other ingredients I mean it's just the easiest way to do it and it turns out really great yeah it does yeah it does. I love that. You're a good mama. You're a good mama. And all the Thank mamas you. are good out there because I, I know, know that everyone's doing They, they all love. want the best for their kids. Everybody does. Yeah. I think the number one thing, though, that parents need to stop doing, um, especially towards the parents that are actually trying to make really good, healthy choices for their kids, um, is you have to stop condemning them. And I, this story comes from one of our client she attended our five-week eat real to heal program and she had a daughter who was like so similar to like everything that you were going through if she ate anything that was processed and packaged and she was just allergic to all foods and at three years old and but she started crying when she attended our workshop and when I was like hey listen I just want you to use like real ingredients like oatmeal and apples and yams and potatoes and Mm -hmm. greens and you can cook them you can have them raw and she just started crying and I thought I said something wrong like she was like devastated that she could only use whole ingredients Mm -hmm. but it was actually the opposite she was like for so long parents used to just slag her and be like why do you have to feed your kid like a bird? Like you're like overdoing it with the food. Like it's okay to have hot dogs and muffins every once in a while. And, you know, it's okay to, you know, and just really made it so hard on this mom where she really questioned what she was mm-hmm. doing, but she was doing it because her kid was hospitalized every mm-hmm. single time she would eat something that had like food coloring and processed, you know, ingredients in there. And that's another thing. So like going both ways, like I think we all need to stop judging each other. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, I get that. <laughs> I'm just laughing because like our fan, like some of our family members think I'm just totally nuts because every time we, you know, go down to the city and and visit family, like we're away from my kitchen, like yeah. which is my safe zone now, right? <laughs> and 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 where I have all my tools and and my my habits are perfected, and so I basically never leave to go down to visit them without like a cooler full of all my stuff and they see me coming and they're just shaking their head (laughs) here comes Barbara and it would be hard you know at first it was hard not to take it personally but now I just laugh about it because I'm like yeah this is us yeah this is us this is how we roll this is how we come we come with our stuff and I think I don't know if you'll ever be able to you can't change the way other people think, mm-hmm. but all you can do is just like change the way you think about it. And I just had to say this, like I said, this is us and this is the way we roll and laugh it off. Like there's mm-hmm. make it just part of, you know, the way the family dynamics, right? Like, yeah, 
they are the way they are. So and there's always going to be quirky people in the family, and yeah. if you're quirky because yeah. you eat clean food, then I'm okay with that. Totally. I'm like, okay, we want to tell jokes. I'm okay. I am happy and sitting here with my smoothie, laughing with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. No, that's a really good attitude to have with it because it is hard, and I know sometimes I can even let myself like, you know, even though all of our businesses are based on this, like I can definitely. Yeah, find it hard to laugh at myself when it's like so hard to like be like, mm-hmm. I just want to have a healthy meal and then everybody else is bringing in unhealthy things to the table. Yes. Um, and instead of being angry about it, I mean, I can just laugh and be like, whatever, you guys eat that, I'm going to eat my thing and you can call me quirky and kooky and I'm good with yeah. that. I'm going to take a page out of your book, Barb, on that mm-hmm. for sure. I think sometimes I take it too seriously and it would help to, to lighten the load. Yeah. Well, but you know what? You got a fire, Nikki. You can't douse that fire because you're on a mission. I know you are. And oh, I'm on a mission. You're on a mission to spread the word. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all need different people doing it in different exactly. ways. Like that's the other thing. Like we need the people who are subtle and they sort of just slide in the bean burgers and the bean, mm-hmm. bean exactly. balls. And then we need the other people who are out there with their picket yes, signs. Yes, we need you because you've already like your voice has made such a difference already. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're trying. We're trying for sure. Well, I congratulations on the on the hospitals too. Like getting the green mustache. Where's the first green mustache going to be at Lionsgate? Well, so we didn't get the cafe in the hospitals. What we got was the vending machines oh, in the hospitals because okay. that it's so hard to break those contracts with the existing food suppliers in the mm-hmm. hospitals. And then um, so what they did, so what we proposed because I was done with waiting. I was like it had been three years of waiting to see if this bid would come out from the government. And I was like, okay, you know what? What if we just moved a vending machine in there and they were like yeah we could do that so Mm. I was like done but then the thing that's really hard now is the fact that because we're a vendor in the hospital there's no marketing rights to anybody so nobody can market to the audience so it's different if you have a cafe because everybody's going to go to the cafeteria we're sort of off to the side of the cafeteria and also we have a new concept like people aren't used to getting real whole foods right. out of a vending machine so people are quite skeptical of it mm-hmm. but meanwhile it's really hard for us to do the marketing so we need to do some guerrilla marketing in the hospitals and to mm, figure out how yes. we can get to the physicians and the healthcare workers and, the and let them know caregivers all and the family members in there totally and yeah and most people who are in the hospital they're probably like I'm not going to go buy out of a vending machine because they're so used to getting like coke and mm-hmm. pretzels and oh yeah there's major stigma like that yeah. it's a big hurdle so I w- you know I kind of want to be outside with like a big green mustache on one of those like you know foam fingers on like pointing the direction to the vending machine and so we're gonna do we have to do some guerrilla stealth marketing and um really get people over that hump and you know we're definitely at the forefront you know with these vending machines and and oh, so we just have to overcome that you should so, be so proud of yourselves though for putting like the fight in yeah because that's a big fight and it's like again one of those weird obvious logical things it's like people are sick mm. and in 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 the hospitals and why isn't the very best food available to everyone, including their families? Oh, exactly. I know. And it's, it's, yeah, it's atrocious. And I tell a story of when I was working with this wonderful, amazing nine-year-old girl in oncology at children's hospital and they were, 
she was being fed hot dogs. All the oh kids in oncology God. that day had. It just makes me sick to my stomach. I know. And the whole fridge, like the, the only thing that was in the fridge, because we took over the fridge with like coolers of food. Like you talk about showing up at your families with coolers of food. And that's what we did for this client because we had to teach the parents in the hospital how to cook the food that she needed. So we brought the juicer, the big Norwalk juicer. We took over the like the kitchen counters, literally one foot by one wow. foot. Um, we took over the table and any chairs and we just plunked all the coolers everywhere. We filled the fridge up with tons of food. But it wasn't hard. Like the fridges were empty. And the only thing that was in there was Diet Coke, oh, popsicles, in the hospital, jello, and milk. Wow. Right? That was it for these kids in oncology. And, wow. you know, they were being fed red and green jello with their hot dogs. Oh my I know. So it's going to, it's a slow process and it's mm-hmm. a transition. Like, as you know, right? It's a journey. But I mean, I'm just so grateful to Vancouver Coastal Health and Lionsgate Hospital and all the partners who yeah. like, you know, said yes and that we're so excited by our food just being in the hospital. Yeah, it's so a great start. It's an amazing start. So we hope to make them proud. And mm-hmm. anybody who's listening, please, 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 if you are in the hospital, just go to the vending machine, buy one of our meals and share it with anybody like your loved one who's in a hospital or if you have a family member that works there, mm-hmm. like just go in one day and buy a meal and buy it for them and tell them where you got it from because they need to know that that vending machine is there and that they can get healthy meals at night and and during the day that's great yeah no thanks for bringing that up and for that little plug Mm -hmm. that wasn't planned (laughs) (laughs) so um anyway i just have to commend you for like honestly the work that you've done uh to figure all of this out for yourself and i'm just so happy to know you and to know that we're on this path together we are yeah with our with our capes on okay (laughs) our superman hero pose or whatever it is superwoman pose um so thanks so much for coming up to whistler to be on this podcast we're gonna head out and start brainstorming Mm. yeah yeah, we'll go have lunch now and do some more brainstorming. Yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with you and just to learn more about what you did, um, everything from having the fibroids and you know mm-hmm. going through that surgery, having yeah. the miscarriages, getting pregnant, learning about the Gerson therapy, um, email us at info at richerhealth.ca and we will get you in touch with Barb. Yeah, and I'll get back to you right away. Okay, that is awesome. Let's go brainstorm. Let's okay. go plan a healing retreat center for you Squamish. <laughs> okay bye everyone thanks for listening bye everybody So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Barb and learning about her healing journey of using food as medicine so that she can heal her uh, infertility issues that she was having and so that she can reclaim her gut health and ultimately reclaim her life. So please share this episode and our podcast with your friends and colleagues and family so that we can together share the information that food is medicine, that food and your very own body has the power to reverse and prevent chronic degenerative diseases. We do not need to be living in this epidemic state where chronic diseases are rocking our nation, we have the power to use food to reverse these diseases and ultimately reverse our health and reverse the health of the planet as well. So to learn more about us, visit one of our Green Mustache locations in Canada. Also check out our first ever plant-based 
whole and fresh food vending machines located at Lionsgate Hospital. We are on a mission to get clean, real food into all hospitals so that all patients and their healthcare workers can also eat real to heal. Currently, the food that's served up in hospitals in Canada and in North America it's not the best we all know that and in fact going to hospitals also often puts us in a worse off position nutritionally and our health can decline so we need to start by changing the food that's served in hospitals to being clean to being real to be being organic to being full of fresh healing fruits and vegetables and grains not processed and refined food that's laden with disease causing meats disease causing animal fats disease causing glyphosate and all of those other things that we do not need in our diet so check out our vending machine at Lionsgate Hospital take a picture of yourself there and send it to us if you have a chronic disease and you want to learn how to use food as medicine or if you want to learn all about what the Gerson therapy can do for you that's specifically the metabolic nutritional therapy that I teach because I know that it works if you want to reverse your illness please contact me at nicoletterichet.com. That is our new website, which is live, finally. I'm so excited by it. And also check out where we are up to at Sea to Sky Thriver Society, where our charity works with Indigenous communities, works with youth to teach the youth that food is medicine. This information is being lost in our society and we need to be educating our youth all about the power of food to protect our bodies and to heal our bodies. Also, with Sea to Sky Thriver Society, we love to work with physicians. So send your physician to us if they never got the opportunity to learn about nutrition and food as medicine in med school, where most nutrition, when most nutritionists or most physicians are not taught this in med school. So send them to us. We are happy to train them at our wellness center. All the links will be in the show notes. And if you want to see our podcast live, check out our YouTube feed where most of our shows are hosted as well. Lastly, we have a three-day Eat Real to Heal retreat coming up in October. So check out our website for more details and register for that today as we only take 10 guests at a time at our wellness center and we want to have you there so you can start your healing journey today. So thanks for being with us and stay tuned for our next show. In the meantime, eat real and live well. Bye-bye.